You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, July 28th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, just like Taylor Rogers this series. He certainly did not have the most, but I'm Javier Reyes, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. You can also follow me on Lockdown Padres, the Twitter account where I tweet about all the games and sometimes live tweet the games. That's at LO underscore Padres. And you can see me on the tube if you want to see my crazy hair and all the crazy motions that I make. Oh, you see them? Oh, we're doing we're doing a swivel wiggle thing. And then you could also see whatever cool shirt I'm wearing. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, for the 500th episode, which is what you are listening to, the 500th episode I've done, of Lockdown Padres, which is which is really great. All right, we're, we're gonna get a little bit sentimental down the line, but uh, I'll save that for a little bit later, guys. For today's episode, gonna be recapping really quickly this Tigers series because it's a series I'd like to soon forget. Uh, gonna be talking my thoughts on this series, and then a bunch of you sent me mailbag questions on Twitter. Remember, you can always send me questions whenever you want to. Uh, you know, I might actually start putting out more mailbag requests uh, more frequently because it's fun. And you can reply, you can DM me, you can shoot me YouTube comments, you can send an Apple podcast review and get your question in there if you want to. I know people have done that before. Whatever makes you feel comfortable, ladies and gentlemen. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. And let me just say, I am wearing... If people are watching the video, a very special shirt that you wouldn't be able to tell is the big goon plumber, Mr. Mario. What better of a shirt to wear on the 500th episode extravaganza than one of the goat himself? That's right, the goat. You know who wasn't the goat, though, in this series? Taylor Rogers, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to save that for a little bit later when we get to the mailbag. But he blows yesterday's game uh, off a hit by... Uh, hold on, wait, I'm on the wrong wrong page. Forgot that it was a Wednesday. Uh, off of a hit by Victor Reyes. So that's right, the Reyes clan striking back. We've been down bad lately. All we have is Fred Mil Reyes. I mean, he's not, actually, so we're not down bad. We have Fred Mil Reyes. Uh, but Alex Reyes gets injured, right? For example, he gave up that big home run last year. But uh, he has the big hit in this game. And don't get me wrong, there were some weird bloopers and what have you that resulted in this uh, loss for the Padres and for Rodgers, um, blowing the save, including a Jonathan Scope infield single. Uh, it's it's really unfortunate that this happens, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Taylor Rodgers, as I also wrote about him a little bit over at JustBaseball.com, where I'm a staff writer, about him uh, recently, which is going to be linked in the podcast description, so go check that out. But um, otherwise, it stinks because it was a waste of a really splendid performance by you Darvish seven innings only two earned runs on six hits one walk 11 K's I've been talking a lot about how Darvish himself it's hard to call him underrated because he is such a name he is such a a player a personality dare I say that has been really um just really fluent with any baseball fan over the last like decade or so, right? Like he's been awesome and whatnot. And what I think it is, is that he's been really underrated this season. He's quietly just bounced back 
uh, as basically as best as any Padres fan could have hoped, and especially the team uh, this year rocking a 3.28 ERA over 115 innings pitched. He's been good. He's not walking a lot of batters. It is true that the strikeout rate is down. It's the lowest of his career, although he did strike out 11 today, maybe because it's the Detroit Tigers who don't have a great offense. But even still, he's not walking as many batters as he did last year, and his home run rate is down. Uh, it was about 2.4 or something last year. It's about 1.6, 1.8 right now. So that's been a big thing for him, is that he's kept the ball in the park. He's lasted longer into games and not walking as many batters. So yes, he will still give up some hard contact and some barrel rates and whatnot. And, you know, he's not got the same strikeout rate, but he's lasting longer in the games and giving up less runs. So Darvish deserves a lot more credit. Um, in terms of the rest of the series, guys, because I want to go through it quickly before we get into the mailbag. Um, and also, just a programming note. Uh, if the audio sounds differently, it's because my microphone decided to... I guess it saw the Taylor Rogers blown saves, and it, it, it couldn't go on any longer. Like it was Padme Amidala at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Spoiler alert. Just, just didn't have the will to live, <laughs> apparently, any longer. So apologies about that, guys. Hopefully, I can get it fixed soon. Um... Let's talk about the previous game. Actually, let's talk about Monday's game because I want to end on a somewhat happy note. Uh, Monday's game was really poor as well for the Padres, guys. They lost 12-4. And Shamanaya, who I have tried to ignore his incredibly mediocre season for a while now because, to me, he was a guy that was awesome as a back end of the rotation guy. And that's why I was so excited about when they acquired him because... He was reliable with the innings, and he could get you some strikeouts, even if he does get hit really hard sometimes. I was like, cool. He's not the number one one or two on this team, though, so the Padres will be fine. And so far, they have been. But against the Detroit Tigers, who, coming into yesterday's game, let me read you their offensive stats. 27th in batting average, 29th in on-base percentage, 30th in runs, 30th in home runs, and 30th in slugging percentage. What does Shamanaya do? Uh, not much, folks. He goes only three and a third's innings, giving up four earned runs on nine, or eight hits. Uh, nine runs, technically, but only four of them earned because of some errors by the Padres' wunderkind over at first base, who, of course, will not be named, guys. We've gone hundreds of episodes not saying his name, and we are going to continue not saying his name. One walk, four Ks. His ERA is sitting at 4.33 on the year. His whip for 1.28. And I can't say that it's all luck-based. I don't think that this is a player who um, is just having a downturn lately. I think that this is really concerning. And I think for the Padres, don't get me wrong, he's still possibly the four. You still have some hope that Blake Snell can give you something. Maybe. Maybe we have some hope in that. And then you've got you Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Mike Clevenger. Like, you have some guys, and even a Nick Martinez that can iron things out. You've got some other arms there, uh, for sure. Um, it should be mentioned, though, that one of those arms in this game on Monday, Mackenzie Gore, he gives up two earned runs. He'd be giving up runs left and right, and that's why he got sent back to the bullpen. But he leaves the game, arm issue, shoulder issue, shoulder tightness, and... Everybody knows what that means. Everyone's worried. Is this a Tommy John surgery situation? Of course, we'll keep you updated on that as time goes on. But uh, not good. Not good whatsoever um, for for the Padres, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I know that he was hitting the rookie wall. The very liberal uh, interpretation of this is, oh, well, maybe that explains why he'd been struggling because he was hurt, potentially. 
But even still, that is a big blow. And it is a reminder that having as many starting pitching options, even if they aren't aces in your rotation, like your Martinez types, like your Adrian Morajon types, guys like that, that you can never have enough, right? You can never have too much. And that is why I think it was good that the Padres decided to make their team very pitching focused, at least for this year. That's kind of what they doubled down on. Whew. But before we talk about the last game of the series that at least had some things to be happy about, guys, before we talk about that and get into the juicy old mailbag, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about something very, very important, guys. All of you people listening, you might be a sports card fan. Me personally, I am a somewhat sports card fan. I was more of a Yu-Gi-Oh fan myself, guys, let me tell you. I started recently playing the game on the iPhone, playing my Gem Knight cards. Pretty sick, pretty sick. Anybody, if you want, maybe you could add me on that game because I miss OG Yu-Gi-Oh. It was a good time. Anyway, uh, let me, ladies and gentlemen, I need to talk to you about a sports card investor app, all right? The world of sports cards has been reimagined thanks to this app. It's the most, is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards. You can find great deals and profit from the hobby you love. It's available completely free in the Google Play and Apple Play or Apple App Store. <laughs> the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. Like I said, completely free. There's over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds added, like, basically every week. Uh, and you can check out the latest values of your cards with seven day and 30 day charts to see like just how things are progressing and whatnot for your collection, which is really, really great. And of course, obviously they've got the best prices through the app with their eBay deals feature. So that's really, really cool. Maybe you're nostalgic. Maybe you want to collect, you know, Adley Rutschman, Jeremy Pena, Julio Rodriguez, and then save them and launch them and into the stratosphere later. You want to get all the rookies. They've got you there. If you want to just collect some of your favorite players like Trout, like Judge, and of course, like Fernando Tatis Jr., or even, dare I say, Jerickson Profare, because he's been great this year, and I love that man so much. Um, guys, what can I tell you? Download the Sports Cart Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. One more thing, guys. One more thing. Thanks again for making Locked On Padres your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. But I need to tell you, the MLB trade deadline is August 2nd. That's where it's coming on Tuesday. And Locked On MLB has all the breakdowns. Locked On Padres also will have rapid reactions to any move made. So subscribe now to your favorite Locked On podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts from so you get notified when each episode premieres. Ladies and gentlemen, let's keep moving. Let's talk about that last game of the series, not in chronological order, but in terms of happiness order, ladies and gentlemen. The one that the Padres did uh, end up winning um, in this series, but it also featured a blown save. But first, let me just say they won by a score of 6-4. to four. Wasn't the prettiest game in the world, and it did... You know, give us the unfortunate Rogers error at the, or not error, uh, blown save, blemish at the end of the game. But Mike Clevenger in this game, seven innings, two earned runs on six hits, one walk, five Ks. It's the first time he's gone seven innings since 2020, slowly ramping up his workload and looks sharp. The strikeouts are good. The movement on everything is good. The velocity is kind of there. So Mike Clevenger is exciting. Uh, I think that 
it, there is a worry that if Shamanaya and Blake Snell both can't be worth anything, then Mike Clevenger as your number three could get a little bit dicey. But even still, that's a lot that has to go wrong, right? You have to have Clevenger be poorly, and you have to have Manaya and Snell continuing the bad trend that they're doing. So hopefully they can get back to you know being at least decent starters, right? So bottom line is he was good in this game. He did end up giving up a home run, which was basically his only uh, error. Jamie Jaimir Candelario uh, allowing Miguel Cabrera also to score. Um, Kevin Acey actually tweeted for yesterday's game. He was batting 194, Candelario, heading into the series. He ended up going 7 for 12 with 8 RBIs in 3 games, including the single that tied yesterday's game 2-2 in the 6. So that just shows you the Padres. I already mentioned those stats about the Tigers' offense. It's That's what's so discouraging. This is not you're playing the Braves. This is not you're playing the Dodgers. Heck, it's not you're even playing a marginally okay team that's got issues like the Phillies, right? No, this is one of the worst teams in baseball, if not the worst, because they literally don't have anything to be excited about on both sides of the ball, and they don't have trade ships really that are all that appealing to too many people. Maybe Gregory Soto, maybe Tariq Skubal, whatever, but they've been awful. Um, but in this game, Luke Voigt drove in a couple of runs with a double. Jorge Alfaro, of course, he drew, drove in some runs at the top of the third. Luke Voigt actually got hit by a pitch, thankfully. Uh, it was in his me and he was able to still walk under his own strength so that was great and then Jorge Alfaro driving in two more runs with a single Alfaro has been just absolutely incredible this year when it comes to his offense catching not as much uh, defense wise but two for four in this game with three RBIs and a double um bottom line is good stuff from the Padres there of course Taylor Rogers ends up blowing the game uh, unfortunately, he ends up getting the win and Nick Martinez ends up shutting things down at the end of the game in extra innings and the extra inning rule and all that. But even still, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got to talk about Taylor Rogers, which leads me to the first question of the mailbag, ladies and gentlemen. And it was asked to me before all this stuff brought down. Again, remember, you can tweet at me, you can tweet at both accounts, DM me on youtube and comments whatever just say mailbag before it or something like that i don't know and i'll save it i'll put it in my mailbags thing and save it for when i do one down the road anyway guys uh this first question comes from joshua at joshua d landis on twitter with rogers being really rough recently closing ball games who would we see or who would you like to see try it out at finishing the ninth for the padres should we make a trade or do you think a guy like martinez or pomeranz when he gets back could be the answer he then replied to the tweet after Taylor Rogers blew the second game. This aged well, Javi. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. And he put the little smiley or the sad face with the tear, which made me very sad to see. But it is true. My take on this situation is, I think in theory, the Padres bullpen, and again, you could check out my article. I wrote about this a little bit at Just Baseball. That in theory, the Padres bullpen is actually not all that bad. They rank 15th in ERA, which is middle of the pack and not great, considering that offense isn't this team's greatest strength and they've been struggling to get hits and whatnot and they need better pitching there. But they're 8th in FIP with a 3.74 FIP. This was heading into yesterday's game, I should mention. And also 8th in total F4 with their bullpen. So that suggests that there's room for improvement 
right? And with guys like Pierce Johnson, maybe even hopefully Austin Adams down the line, if he's healthy for a potential playoff run, which is what this team is hoping for, those are certainly guys to, to count on. And then, like Joshua mentioned, you have Drew Pomerantz, who was electric when healthy for the Padres, who at first people thought they overpaid on him. I remember when he was a starter and kind of was okay, but then he, he tried he tried the starter thing again, didn't really succeed in Boston, then moved to the bullpen. There's a really kind of funny, tumultuous uh, going of things for Drew Pomeranz, but he was shut down. In 2020, it was only until like the last series of the year that he gave up a run. So Pomeranz is awesome. And if he's back, which reports are saying that uh, there's some good news, um, Drew Pomerantz faced hitters again uh, yesterday afternoon, which was really great, or I should say two days ago in the afternoon. Um, and also reliever Robert Suarez began his uh, rehab assignment. Robert Suarez, not the best reliever in the world, but he throws gas, he throws hard. That's a nice maybe a mix and match guy that you can bring in there. So yeah, my thing is, I think the Padres shouldn't be looking at some of the top options that are out there. I don't think that they need your David Robertson your David Bednars, you don't necessarily need people like that. Instead, I would look to just target maybe one bullpen guy that you just like a little bit. Maybe you think Steven Wilson and guys like Craig Stammen and some of these other people just aren't going to cut it. And maybe you ship them off in a deal for another position and you decide to replace them, right? But to me, Joe Jimenez of the Tigers, I know he's got a 3.13 ERA, but he's been really, really solid since June. Alex Colome of the Rockies, that team isn't going anywhere. Maybe could you get him? I know it's an in-division trade, so it's unlikely, but I'd give it a call. And then there's some underrated relievers on the Red Sox who have been pretty good lately that I kind of like outside Tanner Hook, who I don't think they'd be trading. And the Marlins, who have a ton of pretty good relievers that I don't think teams are going to necessarily target as much um, because they're, one, the Marlins, and two, because people just aren't talking about them. Guys like Tanner Scott and... Florio aren't the best in the world, but they have Anthony Bass. That's right, Anthony Bass on the Marlins, right? Fish, fish. Uh, so I think that they shouldn't go super in on this. And one thing that I also, I also found out was that um, Rodgers started the year with a 1.64 ERA with 26 strikeouts over 22 innings. Those were his numbers from uh, April to May, right? He was electric. We all remember that. He was closing out really close games, by the way. One-run games, two-run games, almost every time. And it was just coming up clutch against some really good teams. And then, ever since then, and this isn't taking into account yesterday's uh, game, which probably boosted it even further, but his ERA, 6.62 from June to two days ago. That is not good. But then his FIP, field independent pitching, is actually 22nd best among all qualified relievers over the same stretch that his ERA skyrocketed. What I mean by that is that there might be some positive regression, right? I don't think that Rodgers should be a guy that they just plug in the closer role. I will say that. I think that the blown saves have gotten a little bit out of control. Maybe he's in his head right now. So maybe you move someone else there. Maybe you move Suarez or maybe you move Luis Garcia, who has also had some issues of his own, right? Maybe you, you do a little bit more mix and matching. Maybe you try and do your best impersonation of the Tampa Bay Rays. But for me, I look at it as you don't have to go super big on this bullpen because Pomeranz might just be the closer when he gets back. And I think that Taylor Rogers is not as bad as he's been, right? I don't think that maybe he's closer material, but, or at least it's at least the door is open for you to start questioning whether or not he's closer material. 
But I, I just don't see that the Padres should give up too many assets to go and get some superstar reliever. I don't see that right now. Even if it might be fun to just have that superstar closer and you get the the Bells theme song. I know for people, if you watched uh, the Mets at all, Edwin Diaz's song is incredible when he comes out. You might not have that, but even still, I think the Padres shouldn't go too much into that direction. But it still sucked that he blew the game. Next question, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into more of the questions. Guys, next question comes from Friar Bolt on Twitter, at Friar Bolt Sports. That name might get some Padres fans a little bit annoyed, but if the Padres don't land Soto, what other pieces do you think the Padres will acquire at the deadline? Well, I just talked about, first of all, thank you for the question. Uh, thank both of you and Joshua for the questions. Um, first of all, I do think that a bullpen arm, but not a high price arm, maybe those some of those guys in Boston, Marlins, all those guys I just mentioned, could be a target. But I think that they need outfield help, and I'm not sure where you go in this direction. I actually originally had Austin Hayes as a big-time target that they should go for. And Arm Layton came out on the show, uh, host of the Locked On, or I'm sorry, the uh, Call-Up podcast over at Just Baseball and the Just Baseball show. And he talked about the Austin Hayes deal and thought that this could be really interesting. And, you know, do they give up Estuary Ruiz for him, right? And Austin Hayes, he has some years of control left. He's just a really solid player. But the problem is that the Orioles are lit now, ladies and gentlemen. I think everybody's probably been following this, even if you're just kind of a casual National League-only fan. They're 49 and 48. They're actually fourth in their division ahead of the Red Sox now because that division's so stacked. They've been pl playing really good ball. So at first, I thought that might be a team that you go to. I think everyone did, right? Heading into the season, this is going to be a big-time seller. They still might be sellers, but you know, I don't know necessarily if they're going to be able to acquire a guy like... Austin Hayes, who's been really, really a, just a solid player with some decent power, decent defense, decent all the way around and fairly young. And maybe even some of their relievers, I thought, like, what's his face? Felix Bautista or Dylan Tate, but they've been performing well and so have the Orioles. So I don't think that's the direction going. I think the pods need to go after an outfielder. I just don't know which one. The top ones are obviously Andrew Benintendi, who everybody's talked about. And then you've got Ian Happ of the Cubs. That's my favorite direction that the Padres could go in, is if you could get Ian Happ, who has a little bit more power than Ben Attendee, and also, you know, if by any chance you play Toronto Blue Jays, you don't have to worry about, at least I think. I don't know about Ian Happ's vaccination status yet, but bottom line is that could be a tiny little thing, won't affect them as much, but it's worth at least pointing out. And like I said, I just like that Ian Happ is a little bit more of a power guy, and the Padres desperately need some power. And it's not the sacrifice of his batting average and on-base skills. So I like that. And it's been reported on. Him as well as Wilson Contreras are people that the Padres may be targeting. That could be really fun. Uh, it would be unfortunate because it would probably be a lot less at-bats for our boy Jorge Alfaro. But in terms of just overall catching with the offense and the defense, Contreras is one of the best in the year. And I imagine he might not cost as much as people think, by the way, because he's a free agent after the end of the year. Or for me... Ramon Laureano and Robbie Grossman are the guys to target. Last year, Robbie Grossman had 20 home runs, 20 steals, and he had a really good walk rate. And it was it was helped by the fact that Robbie Grossman has a really great eye at the plate. I know his numbers have been awful this year, but he feels very to steal from my guy R.M. Layton again. Like this year's Eddie Rosario, right? A guy who's performing really poorly, but could be awesome down the stretch if he's motivated and maybe gotten out of Detroit. So, and he won't cost anything. So Robbie Grossman, 
that would be a really fun name for the Padres to go after if they can't get the top names on the board. Hopefully that answered your question. Uh, and also, we're going to be talking with the host of Locked On Cubs tomorrow's episode, guys, to talk about Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras. So that should be a lot of fun. Next question comes from Lindsey Crosby, big baseball guy, at Crosby Baseball on Twitter. Hey, Javi, excluding Dunkaroos, what other snack could you eat 500 of in one sitting? Rice does not count for this. It's a good uh, good thing that he added that at the end. Um, for me, it's Ferrero Rocher's. Uh, those things, the gold, like, nut chocolate, whatever, caramel thing those are, I've eaten like a hundred in a day. I've eaten so many of them. In one sitting would obviously be very tough, right? At first I thought Oreos, you could say chips, uh, basically any chip, and I mean that because chips are just like crack, man. They just, they're, they're just addicting as hell, right? Like you can't stop, even if they're not your favorite. So chips are obviously up there for something I could eat 500 for, but the more serious one, I think Ferrero Rocher's are just the most incredible creation that humanity has ever put on this earth, to be honest with you. Like, it's just Ferrero Rocher's, man. All the way, all the way. Thank you for the non-baseball question, Lindsay. Uh, next question comes from Jeff, at Jeff Carr with three Fs. When looking at Padres prospects, who is untouchable? Here's how I feel about this. I think that the top untouchable guys for the Padres, most likely, most likely, they're pitching, right? Because their pitching does not have a lot of depth right now. Robert Gasser and Mackenzie Gore are kind of the only young prospect guys that they have right now that seem like they could play out as really top-level arms after Ethan Elliott retired and other guys haven't really... Um, that's why they've traded for a lot of starting pitchers probably over the years. So I think those guys, they would rather not give up their pitching prospects, especially with so many guys entering free agency on their current staff in this year. And then CJ Abrams, I'd say, is untouchable. And then one of Robert Hassel or James Wood. I think you have to keep one. That's my vibe with this. James Wood has been raking this year. I think one of those guys is untouchable. If you trade one of them, that I could actually see if it is for a really great player. If they send some sort of Ian Hat package and whatnot with Wilson Contreras, I could see them giving up Hassel or or Wood, but not both. I think that's how to view that. And then in terms of like Padres prospects who aren't untouchable, even though this wasn't part of your question, Jeff, I'd say Luis Campizano. Clearly with them targeting um, Wilson Contreras with Alfaro being pretty good at the plate. They've brought him up a bunch of times and then immediately sat him down. He's still got some value for some teams. I could definitely see him going. Um, Jackson Merrill, who's a shortstop, positional. He's been really good this year uh, in minor leagues, and he's rising up the prospect ranking, so he could have a lot of value for a position that the Padres aren't necessarily dying in if they really want to make a splash. I could see it. And then Estuary Ruiz, depending on what player they go for. Uh, if they say they move Grisham, if they move some guys around, if they go for some of those superstars, we're going to be talking about in just a second, then I could see Estuary Ruiz running, so... That's my thoughts on that. Next question comes from Rama Murdy, who tweets and replies to me all the time. So thank you, pal, buddy, uh, gal, whatever you are, uh, for responding all the time and giving some love to the pod. I really appreciate that. He, they say, what we really want to know is when are you going to give your loyal fans free built bars, sir? I'm wondering when Built Bar is going to give me free Built Bars. I man, No, but in all seriousness, guys, go check out those Built Bars. They're super yummy. They're pup flavors and everything. I'm a company man. I love to represent uh, the people who make good stuff. Um, and look, man, I gave you the discount. 
Flock 15. Go check it out. There, I could give you a discount. I can't give away stuff for free, man. I can't do it. Uh, but maybe if I run into one of you guys and I happen to have a built bar on me, I'll call it right now. I'll give you one. Why not? If you ever run into me here in the East Coast. Uh, but anyway, guys, moving on to the next question from Elijah Evans at Elijah V8 on Twitter. And he asks, what two to three players would make up a dream deadline other than Soto? I think what I just mentioned is kind of what uh, would be my dream scenario. I think that the Ian Hap Wilson Contreras combo is really nice. And then maybe one of those aforementioned relievers that don't cost too much. And yes, obviously Soto is a big one. But for me, I think the other, the absolute dream scenario would be if somehow in that Cubs deal, maybe, if the Padres, who also have been working out Will Myers, by the way, at first base recently, that doesn't necessarily mean everything, could be a red herring, but if they could somehow dump the first baseman on another team without only giving up prospects and getting nothing in return, if they could dump him on the Cubs, uh, Cubs, Cubs, give up maybe like one of a hassle and maybe a gasser and then someone someone else outside the top 15 or whatever, which would hurt a little bit, but then you're also able to dump the Padres first baseman, the ground ball gremlin. I think that's the dream scenario. I really do. And it might make sense for the Cubs because they're in super rebuild mode. So I could actually see it. That would be my dream is if you could get him off the team, you play Myers or Voight, preferably Myers, who actually, by the way, if you look at defensive run saved, wasn't too bad at first base, by the way, when he played there for the Padres. So yeah, anyway, don't want to relitigate that too much. So that's kind of my dream scenario for the deadline. Let's keep going. What are three things? This comes from uh, H-Town Wheelhouse trademark uh, on Twitter. World Series season dog uh, at H-Town Wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, host of Lockdown Astros, guys. Go check them out. What are three things the Pirates must do in order to advance in the playoffs and be the nationally representative for the World Series? What I'll say about this is, aside from all the moves we've already mentioned, I don't want to overlap the questions. The Padres have the potential to be a team that does a lot better in the postseason because of the pitching. I can see a universe in which big games come from Musgrove, come from even Snell to a degree if they have to use him, and you Darvish and Mike Clevenger. I could see that, and that makes them dangerous. And unlike, say, the Brewers, whose best hitter is Willie Adamas and Christian Yelich has like the third highest ground ball rate in the league, he's just fallen off completely. Unlike that team, I'm not scared of the Brewers at all in the playoffs. I think teams would look at the Padres and say, hey, if Tatis is back, if they made an addition at the deadline with a decent outfielder or Estuary Ruiz pops off and at least becomes an average level player, you know, they've got good defense, right? Jerks and Profar is back. Maybe Ramon Laureano is the other name I mentioned. I could see then uh, that's what takes them and they go on a little bit of a magical run. Hey, compared uh, Robbie Grossman to Eddie Rosario, maybe they trade for him. They have a similar arc as the Braves, huh? 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 That could be fun, right, guys? Come on. I don't know, man. That could be really good. So I think those are the kind of things that need to happen. And they also need to hope that a team like the Dodgers doesn't get better at this deadline, like significantly better. Not just add a reliever or two or add, say, who's like an average starting pitcher, like a Jose Quintana, who's pretty decent over out of Pittsburgh. But you're not necessarily fearing him that he's randomly deciding to be good this year um, for the Pirates. If they go out and get Juan Soto, that would be the number one worst thing that could happen for the, the Padres because they've just been getting screwed by other teams in the problems that we have with baseball going out and saying we don't want our best players anymore. 
with Freddie Freeman, with Trey Turner, with Max Scherzer, with Mookie Betts, and then Juan Soto? That would just be too much. That would be too much. And Trevor Bauer, who, of course, is out of the league right now because he's a piece of poop. Uh, but still, the bottom line of his overall ability and everybody going to the Dodgers would hurt the team very much. Um, the last question of this mailbag, ladies and gentlemen, comes from longtime listener and longtime tweeter Zachary Shelton at MovieFanZ1720. When are the Padres going to be able to string together a series of wins against the team? <laughs> hey, man, after this loss against the Tigers, it, it, it's rough. And I think that the Padres are at a weird point where you have to wonder, is the team slowing down? Rodgers, a lot of things have been going wrong lately for them. They go up against the Twins, who I know are leading their division, but the Twins aren't that great of a team. They actually don't have too many strengths other than Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa and maybe Sonny Gray. They've, they've got a lot of weak spots, so don't, don't be fooled by their standing top of the division. They're not one of the best teams. It's just one of the worst divisions in baseball, the AL Central. Then they've got a five-game set against the Rockies, which is scary, Please just beat the Rockies for once, guys. In theory, that should be good. Then they have the Dodgers, the San Francisco Giants, the Nationals, the Marlins. So they've they it's it's gonna be tough this next stretch to determine what direction they go in. Um, but it's true that it's been a while since the Padres have kind of rattled off some really comfortable series victories. Uh they had the Mets, which made you think that things are getting back on track after they won two or three there. But before then, they also blew series against the Rockies. I don't know. I don't know. You have to see what happens here. Bottom line is they've been in a little bit of a tailspin, but they're they're steady. They're on life. They're not on total life support yet. So, Zach, don't give up the faith. You can't give up the faith, man. You can't. The trade deadline. It's where dreams are made. AJ Preller's been quiet for too long, man. He's been good too quiet. Last thing I want to mention is with Juan Soto. I really don't think that they should absolutely implode for this guy. I just think you give up all of your stuff. You go over the over the luxury tax. He's already because of his 17 million salary. You lose all of your prospects in theory. In theory, you lose like all of your prospects, and then you also have to worry about Musgrove. Guys, you can't have everything, right? You can't trade for Soto and Hap and Wilson Contreras. Get rid of Grisham and the Padres' first baseman, and then also we want to resign Musgrove. Guys, you can't have everything, right? That's just the matter of the fact of the position that the Padres are in, given how many moves they've made to their roster. So that's what I'll say about that. That being said, it would be hype as heck if they got him. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Just for content reasons, that'd be amazing. Guys, that about does it for this 500th episode spectacular. I'm going to leave by saying that, look, man, uh, it's it's been a long journey. Obviously, 500 episodes. I started this podcast as the pandemic first started raging across the world. Obviously, not the best times for everybody. And I know a lot of people have you know, gone through a lot, you know, myself included to a certain extent, but I've been very lucky. And one of the reasons I've been lucky is because of this podcast. And, you know, it started off rough at the beginning. I still get some bad comments every now and then. He's he's not even from San Diego. He's never been to Jack Murphy Stadium. And it's like, well, yeah, man, Jack Murphy Stadium was like the 80s, right? So, yeah, uh, even though I've been open about the fact that I wasn't as big of a fan this team before hosting this podcast, and certainly wasn't growing up, I started getting into them um, when Preller got there. You know, even with all that, still a lot of really kind comments. If you want to leave one um, on the video for this episode or whatever, send me nice messages. I always see them, and I really appreciate all the kind words. And just joking around on Twitter, you know, dare I say clapping back, which is my least favorite term, by the way. 
I hate when Bleacher Report notifications come up with that. This person claps back. It's just, I, I hate that term so much. Uh, at people on Twitter and whatnot. It's a lot of fun, and it's brought me a lot of opportunities. I can't thank you guys enough. Um, and I hope that you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy my weirdness, my occasional uh, sense of wanting to talk about general baseball and video games and anime and whatever the heck my mind is interested in. Uh, all that stuff, guys. I appreciate that you've been on this road for me. 500 episodes. That's a lot, man. There was no Lockdown Padres before your boy came up. Lockdown Networks changed. It's nuts. It's nuts. But with all that being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Lockdown Padres on Twitter at LO underscore Padres at Javapeno. Follow the YouTube. And guys, until next time, stay safe and of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies. Take care. Come on, come on.